Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for July 14th, 2021. July 14th, 2021. I'm excited about this message. I've been teaching a series entitled Leveling Up with the Word, right? Let me just say this. I, when I got to July 14th, I was, uh, I was led to say something, and then I didn't because I was like, hey, let me just focus on today's word. But let me just go ahead and say what I was led to say. And this is all about learning how to be led of the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Today is July 14th. This is my mother's birthday. So for those of you that know my mother, I'm going to post it on Facebook. I'm going to ask you guys to share, show my mother some love, right? And so I thank God for my mother. Uh, she, she raised my sister and I as a single parent in Brooklyn. Uh, she sacrificed uh, for us tremendously. I honor her every day of my life. And so you know, happy birthday, mommy. So for those of you that know my mother, reach out to her. All right. So now let me get into the word. So we've been teaching this series on leveling up with the word because this is a season of new levels. And so I believe I declare that uh, uh, I'm declaring what God has decreed for this season, new levels. So what happens when God says, Hey, there's a season of this or a season of that, or there's a grace made available for this or that, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to receive it. If you want what God is declaring, if you want what heaven is announcing, then you have to go get it by faith. So where God has provided grace, we have to provide the faith. And so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If we want to level up, how are we going to level up? We're going to level up with the word. All right, so that said, um, let's get into the word. We've been studying the parable of the sword for months. And I trust that it's been a blessing to you. This is Leveling Up with the Word series recap number three, right? So this is three of five. I'm wrapping up the series this week, uh, but this is the third recap. We're going to go back into the parable, glean a few things from it, and then apply these things to our lives. You ready? All right, here we go. The Bible says in Mark chapter four, beginning at verse 13, Jesus said, the farmer is like someone who takes seed. Seed is the word of God. He sows it down the side of people. And so sometimes the seed falls along the side of the road. That's like the people that hear the word of God, but they don't understand it. And because they their understanding is unfruitful, they're susceptible to Satan. Satan comes immediately and snatches away the word that was sown in their heart. Satan is after the word because he knows the word will produce. Other people like seed that's planted on rocky ground. These are the people that hear the word of God. They quickly and gladly accept it, but they do not allow the word of God to go deep into their lives. So as a result, um, what happens is when, as soon as trouble comes or persecution comes for the word's sake, they're quick to give up. Other people like seed that's planted amongst the thorny weeds. These are the people that hear the word of God. Yes, they say that they accept it, but their lives have become full of other things. There's three categories of other things, the cares of this world, the love of money and everything else they want. And so now these other things grow up like weeds and the weeds choke out the word and the word doesn't work. And so I got three types of soil with zero harvest. And then some people like good ground, say good ground. Oh, good ground. Yeah. So as good ground, now what happens is that we get to produce. And right. So now that when you're good ground and you get out of the way and you allow the word of God to do what it does, it produces. Now, sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes a hundred times more. I dealt with the 34. I dealt with the 64 in this series and I dealt with the hundredfold. You and I, we are after 100. All right. So let's get into this word for today, this message. So Jesus taught this parable, uh, and this parable is really emphasizing freeing your heart of all distractors so that you can receive and understand and process and believe the word of God. And I believe that 
Jesus put so much emphasis on the word of God for two reasons. So I'm going to deal with two things today. Uh, as I get into these two, now there are many reasons. I'm just going to give you two. But as I get into these two things for the, today, I want you to rid your heart and your mind of all distractions. Two things. Number one, here we go. So the word of God teaches us about the God of the word. Now, so this is a foundational thing. I've taught you this before, but the word of God teaches us about the God of the word. So the more we read, digest, process, meditate, medicate on God's word, the more we will understand now to a certain extent, God, right? So I'm not going to say we're going to understand God fully because God is infinite and we are finite and it's hard for our finite minds to wrap our little finite minds around the enormity of God, right? But to a certain extent, we're going to be able to understand God because we're understanding his word. His word gives us a glimpse into who he is and how he operates. His word is teaching us. So God gave us his word and God gave us his spirit. So when you get the word of God and you read the word and you meditate on it, and you medicate on it and you, and you base decisions on it and you learn to discern the impulses of the Holy Spirit, like what just happened to me a minute ago. The Holy Spirit was like, hey, say something about your mom. And I was like, man, no, I'm focused on this message. You know, these people don't need, you know, this. Some, most of these people don't even know my mother. Let me just focus on the word. And then I moved on. And then the Holy Spirit was like, yo, what did I tell you? I was like, my bad. And then I went back and I, <laughs> and I said something about my mama, right? So at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is always giving you these impulses. I can't tell you how many times, uh, I, you know, something has happened. You know, and it's not even, doesn't even have to be a major thing. Uh, something happened and then, uh, yeah, it didn't work out. And the Holy Spirit's like, remember I, t I told you this morning to do this so that, oh, that thought that came. Yeah, that was you. Oh, my bad. There's these impulses of the Holy Spirit. So God gives us his word. God gave us his spirit so that we can learn to, to, to walk with him and be like him in this planet. The goal is, here's the goal. First John 4 and 17, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So we're supposed to live like Jesus in this world. When people come in contact with us, they're supposed to come in contact with God. When people talk to us, they're supposed to hear Jesus in our conversation. So the, the, the purpose of the Bible is not for you to just quote scriptures or win debates. Let me just say this about debates for a minute. When I first got saved, um, I, you know, I can meditate. I, I, um, I can memorize things, right? So, um, I can quote a lot of scripture and and I, I feel like I can build a case. Like, you know, I, I, I can build an argument, fair, you know, uh, fairly well. And so I remember debating people when I first got saved. Uh, I'm not going to say that I was like an apologist, but basically I love to debate people from, about the Bible. And so, and so I was, I remember I was at Fort Gordon. I was a staff sergeant. And there was this guy in uh, 67 Signal Battalion in the S3 with me. And, and I, he was the E7, I was the E6 and we would argue almost every day. Well, the debate, and I felt like I was winning all, all of these debates. And so, um, the Holy spirit one day convicted me. It was like, dude, you can win a debate, but you're not going to win a soul that way. And I said, what? He said, I didn't call you to win debates. I'm mean, now there's some people that are graced to be Christian apologetics and defend the Bible and all that. That's not me. He was like, no, no, no. You can win the debate, but you're not going to win the soul. You're, you're trying to win an argument. I'm trying to win his heart. And so, so yeah, the, the purpose of the Bible is not for you to win debates or win arguments or just quote scriptures. No, the purpose of the Bible is so that you can get to know God and operate in his heart. His heart was not for me to go to work every day prepared to argue with this dude. He was trying to win the guy's heart over, and here I am debating. 
And so the more you meditate and meditate on God's word, the point is you want to become like God, not, not just quoting scriptures and memorizing this so you can win an argument. The Bible is not a textbook to study. The Bible is a life book to live. When you read the Bible, your goal should be to turn the corner from information to application. Your goal should be to read the word of God, not as some sort of academic practice or academic exercise. No, it's not about my head. It's about my heart. I'm, I'm learning because I want my learning to turn into living. If my learning is not turning into living, if my information is not turning into application, then what in the world am I doing? I'm wasting my time. I'm not just reading. There's, even Satan knows the word. There's people, I mean, like there's people that are not born again that know the word, that can quote the scripture from Genesis to Revelation. No, I'm not reading the word so I could just quote stuff. I'm not reading the word so I could debate stuff. I'm not reading the word so I could talk about stuff. I'm reading the word so I could get to know God. I mean, I want to be changed. I want my heart to be like him. I want, I want to flow in harmony, in sync with the Holy Spirit. I want to be sensitive to the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I'm getting into the word, the word of God, so that I can get to know the God of the word. Say amen to that. The whole purpose of this parable is exalting the word so that we can get to know God, not so we can quote scriptures. Say amen to that. All right, number two, the life of faith is all about producing a harvest from the words or the seed that God speaks to us, so basically sows in us. And so the whole parable is talking about producing a harvest, producing a harvest from the seed that the sower is sowing. God is the sower. We are the soil. The seed is the word. So the word, the word is sown down in our heart so we can produce a harvest. Now, you should not read the, read the Bible just to hear what God said. Like when you read the Bible, you're reading what God said, past tense, right? But you should read what God said, past tense back then, intent on hearing what he is saying to you today, right? At the end of the day, you want to hear what he's saying to you today. So the more word you get down in your heart, the better position you're going to be to hear his voice. So let me give you some things, some nuggets uh, from this, and you know, and we'll, we'll build the case in this second point. So the more word you get down in your heart, the more you are going to, A, be able to hear what God is saying, right? So you are conditioning your heart through the word of God to be in alignment with God's heart, and so the more word you know, the more attuned you will be to God's voice because the more the word of God contains God's character, attributes, and nature. And so the more word you know, the more you're going to get to know God, the more attuned you will be to his voice, the more you're going to know when you, that thought, oh, that thought from this morning, no, that was God. And, and you'll get to know that more because you're getting the word of God down inside of you more, right? Then you're going to be able to, to learn to discern his voice. Many people say, well, Rick, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know. God doesn't talk to me. Get out of get out of my face with that stuff, man. You know, all these people talking about God talks to me. But, you know, people say God said God doesn't talk to me. Get out of my face with that. You know, the Bible is good enough for me. I'm just gonna read the Bible and I say, okay, cool. Listen, don't get upset. Don't get offended. <laughs> Calm down, <laughs> right? God is always speaking, but we're not always listening. And so, the, when we get the Word of God down in our heart, we actually condition our heart to be in a position to hear. God's voice so that when we hear something, we get to check it against the word. Let me just say, say this about that. The spirit of God will never lead you contrary to the word of God. So when you get uh, something that you believe is the Holy Spirit, one of the ways to know if it's God or not is to check it against the word. Now, if you haven't hidden God's word in your heart, then you don't have nothing to check it against, right? Unless you're going to go Google it or pick, go get your Bible. I'm just saying like a lot of these things happen in the moment. You could be at work, you get a thought, and that moment, you need to check it against the word. 
Well, if you don't have the word in your heart, you can't check it. You don't have anything to check it against. So, so you need the word down in your heart. So you need a repository of word that you can use. Now, the more word you get down inside of you, the more the Holy Spirit can use. But the Holy Spirit is not going to do it for you. He's not, you can't take your Bible, put it under your pillow and say, okay, God, I want you to transfer the word from this Bible to my head through osmosis. That's not going to work. You have to get the word of God through your eye gate. So it gets down in your heart. You have to get the word of God through your ear gate. So it gets down in your heart. And then once you get the word down in your heart, and once you have a repository of word, now you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with. But he can't, if you don't have the word down in your heart, you're not giving him anything to work with. <laughs> you got it? All right. See, living a life pleasing to God. So when you get the word of God down in your heart, now you're better positioned to live a life that is pleasing in God's sight. Number one, you're going to know what is pleasing in his sight. You're going to know about his character, his attributes, his nature. And you're going to know that the more you apply the word of God to your daily life, it will inform your conduct and your character, right? Further, I've, I've been talking about learning to discern the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So now when you're walking with God and the word of God is the foundation for your conduct and your character, and you're learning to discern the impulses of the Holy Spirit, you, you will be a conduit, a human conduit of the divine on this planet. This is God's desire. God's desire is to send you into that Zoom call, send you into that meeting, send you into that conversation so that you could become a conduit of his glory, his light and his love on this planet. And so now when you know that you're a conduit, you don't have to come up with stuff. You're not the manufacturer. You're, you're, you're just the distribution center. And so, so you don't have to come up with stuff. God will give you the words. He will perform the work. You just have to be willing to give yourself over to him. So I, as I close, for today, I was led to take you to another parable. Um, so the last point I'm going to make for today is that when you get the word down in your, your heart, you can produce the harvest that God wants to produce through you. And I'm going to use another parable to line up with this parable to drive home the point. In Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9, Jesus told the parable about a fig tree that was planted in a vineyard. And he says that a certain man had his fig tree planted in a vineyard. And the certain man came looking for, for fruit from the fig tree. And he came for three years and he didn't found any. There was, for three years he came and three years there was no fruit. And so the fig tree refused to produce. And now the power to produce was in the fig tree, but the fig tree refused to produce. And so year after year, so finally the owner of the fig tree uh, of the vineyard said, cut it down to the vine dresser or to the worker of the, of the vineyard. He said, cut it down. And, and uh, he said, listen, this is basically, the King James says, is cumbering the ground. Or basically, it's wasting my grace. It's not doing nothing with the grace. And, uh, and, and the intercessor in the story, which is Jesus, said, no, hold on, hold on for a moment. For a moment. Let me work with it. I'm going to dig it. I'm going to dung it. Hold on. Don't cut it down yet. Let me work for it. Thank God for an intercessor. Now, at the end of the day, if I want to get real technical, this parable in Luke 13, 6 through 9 is about the nation of Israel. But I'm going to glean a few nuggets for us and then apply it to Mark chapter 4 as well. You ready? All right. So let's do that as we close. So first of all, fig trees grow in orchards. They don't grow in vineyards. So when the Bible says that, that a, a certain man had his fig tree planted in a vineyard, so now that's interesting because fig trees grow in orchards, not in vineyards. What grows in vineyards? Grapes. So he took a fig tree and it doesn't say fig seed. No, it was a tree. He moved this tree and planted it in a vineyard. And then the tree was like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? One of these kids is not like the other. I don't like being here. I'm not going to do anything, you know? <laughs> oh, Brother Pena, can you pray for me to have a new job? Why is that? 
I'm the only Christian in my job. I'm being persecuted. I don't want to be there. You know, I'm the only one who looks like me. I'm the only one who sounds, I don't want to be here. I'm the only one. I'm the, okay, well, fine. Maybe God placed you there for a reason. Why would God take you out of there? I mean, why do you want me to pray for you to God take you out? If, if God, if you're the only believer and it's true, you're probably not, you're exaggerating, but let's say that that is true. If you're the only believer, then God, if God took you out, then there's nobody there interceding and praying. God sent you there for a reason. God plants his word down inside of you. And then watch this. God plants his word down inside of you. And then he plants you where he wants you. So he plants his word down the side of you. And then he plants you wherever he wants you. He he plants you in the kingdom, right? He plants the kingdom in you. And then he plants you wherever he wants you. So the change of location, the change of location did not lower the expectation of the owner. So the location changed, but the expectation did not change. So the owner was like, no, I'm placing you over here, but I still want you to produce because I've already given you everything to produce. That's why he was saying, this dude is wasting my grace. No, no, I I don't want you to waste grace. Don't let it be a misappropriation of God's grace. God expects you to bloom wherever you have been planted. God has given you everything you need to bloom. He gave you his word. He gave you his spirit. He gave you his grace. He's given you people to sow his word down inside of you. He gave you his purpose. He's given you everything. And he's saying, don't waste my grace. Now, thank God for Jesus. Jesus is the worker of the vineyard. And Jesus says, hold on for a minute, daddy. Don't cut it down. Don't cut it down. Let me work with him. And thank God for Jesus always being that intercessor. God, Jesus is, uh, is forever making intercession for us with the parable or with the father. But bottom line is in both parables, right? The sower and also the fig tree. God is looking for a harvest. God is looking for a harvest. He gives us seed. He sows the seed down in our heart. And then he sows us wherever he wants to plant us. And wherever we were planted, you know, don't, don't, don't say, well, God, I, I don't like this place. I, I'm the only one that looks like me. I, I don't know. I don't want to be here. I don't want to. Listen, at the end of the day, God expects you to bloom wherever you have been planted. God, God knows what he's doing. You need to trust God. God placed a fig tree in a vineyard. Why? Because he expected, doggone it. He didn't expect the, the environment to change him. Uh, you know, God didn't expect the environment to change the tree. He expected the tree to change the environment. God placed a fig tree in a vineyard because the fig tree in the vineyard could convert the, the vineyard into an orchard. I mean, so he plants you somewhere, not so that the place could change you, so that you could change the place. God p- puts you somewhere and then he expects you to produce. He gives you everything that you need and then he's like, boom, I'm going to sow you right here so that you are the change. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. God wants to see change in you and fruit from you. And that's the whole thing. That's the whole point of the parable of the sower. That's the whole point of the parable of the fig tree. God is looking for you to produce. He's looking for a harvest from his investment. Don't waste the grace. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of leveling up for me. I level up in 2021 by giving careful attention to your word. The more I get your word down in my heart, the more I will know you. The more I will hear your voice and the more I will live a life that is pleasing in your sight. So I read what you said in your word, Father, with the intent of hearing what you're saying to me every day. You speak. I listen, 
I obey and I win. <laughs> yeah. I will bloom where you have planted me. I won't allow my location to negatively impact my production. I can produce anywhere because my God is everywhere. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want these messages, you want my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Why not sign up? It's free. Get the notes. So listen, do me a favor. I covered a lot today. Go, you might need to watch this again, but go into the chat and leave me some comments in the chat and then share this message right now before you leave the screen on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.